2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good News for the City, the broadcast radio partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC. My name is Brian Bales, and as always, it's my privilege to be your host for this show as we continue to bring out the importance of the gospel and how it is what makes the way in our life. And whether you catch me here on the radio or you catch me at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia on a Sunday, that is always the focus. Now, longtime listeners of the show know that from time to time, we open the show with a scripture verse, and once again, we find ourselves doing that again today as we listen to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2, and it's, it's a prayer from a woman named Hannah, and this is what she said. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and Hannah prayed and said, "'My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies, because I rejoice in your salvation.'" There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. You know, according to the World Health Organization, 15% of couples of reproductive age worldwide are affected in one way or another by infertility. This brings this total into the hundreds of millions of individuals throughout this world facing infertility of some kind. It's a very difficult and heartbreaking ordeal that often causes financial difficulties it can cause conflict in relationships, it can bring strain to our, our mental health, our emotional health, and certainly it creates those moments where we even stop and we begin to question, what is God doing? However, it's just as Hannah, the mother of Samuel, after years of her infertility, says in this passage, there's no rock like our God. He is able to do more than we can ask. He's able to do more than we can even think. And so today, once again, we're going to hear a story about God and His ability maybe a little bit different than what you think it's going to be about. As we talk to a couple about their experience with infertility and how they have looked to God every step of the way. So I'm excited to have here in studio uh, both John and Brooke Ackerman. So John, Brooke, thanks for being here.
1: Absolutely. Happy to be here. Pleasure.
2: Yeah, Now, so from time to time, I always call everyone I get on the radio show, my friends, but you guys are longtime friends. And so I feel like we're going to have a conversation now on the radio or a podcast or however people are grabbing this, like something we would have just had around a conversation, maybe here at Christian Fellowship Church or at each other's houses or whatever it might be. I know you both pretty well, but our listeners don't. So let me just take a moment to introduce who you both are and and why you're here on the show talking about this very important subject. Brooke, you're a former middle and high school English teacher and a youth pastor. You now own Blueprint Mental Health Coaching. You can find out more about that at BlueprintMHC.com. And at Blueprint Mental Health Coaching, you blend Christian life coaching and inner healing prayer to help clients uncover the unique original design God has placed in each of us. Um... You're also, as I know this, and many people might know as well, because they may have heard you as one of our experienced presenters at a local conferences, small groups here in Northern Virginia area on those same topics. Uh, you and John both live uh, in a small but slowly expanding farm in Percival, Virginia, <laughs> called Someday Farm. I'm still waiting for the goats and my daughter's still waiting for the pigs, but that's For another time and another discussion. John, uh, we work together all the time here at Christian Fellowship Church. You're the director of spiritual development and freedom ministries here at Christian Fellowship. Um, You grew up in the Midwest, much like I did. You began your professional career in Virginia, also in education. You were a high school social studies teacher, department chair, volleyball coach in Sterling, Virginia. And uh, while you were teaching, God began to work on you to sort of move your vocation, but not necessarily necessarily. Move your mission because our mission is the same and no matter what vocation it is, but Mm -hmm. your vocation moved a little bit to part-time here working at Christian Fellowship Church in 2016. And then in 2020, after 16 years full-time in the classroom, you came on full-time here at Christian Fellowship and followed God's calling into full-time ministry. Your passion, obviously, is helping believers in Jesus learn to personally communicate with God, their heavenly father and experience the transformational life and adventure that comes when we have that with God. Mm -hmm. So uh, as I said, you guys uh, live out in Western Loudoun County, been married for 11 years now. And uh, thanks just again for being here. Uh, Whenever I think, we see someone on the television, or maybe we hear them on the radio, or a podcast, or whatever it would be. Without even trying, there are certain assumptions that could come up about other people. One of those assumptions that come up is like, well, maybe they're completely different human beings. And by different, I mean the way we look at people in Scripture. Like, you know, Paul must have had some superpower. Peter must have had some superpower. Sure. Whatever it might be. But let's sort of walk through those assumptions a little bit of your faith journey, and, and whichever one can answer first, if you want. So, tell us a little bit about what was that faith journey growing up like? Uh, did you grow up uh, in like a negligible faith journey? Did Was faith anything apart? Or how's that coming to where we're going to get to eventually and how the importance of faith in growing you looks like?
3: Yeah, sure, I'll start. Um, I, I grew up going to a church uh, from, I mean, you know, birth on. Um, and I'm really very thankful for that church upbringing. But It was more about following rules, and Mm -hmm. I didn't at all understand that there could be a relationship with God until I was in college when, ironically, I was tutoring for the religion professor. And one of the guys that I was tutoring was talking about Jesus in a way that I had never heard anyone talk about Jesus before. Yeah. And so that started me on this this, there's something different out there, and I want it.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there listening right now who can relate to this fact that their interaction or their introduction to Jesus uh, was very rules-oriented, maybe without any reason at all. And certainly in many cases, not what we would actually call a relationship unless you define a relationship as do this and then I'm not in trouble yes. or do this and I get mm-hmm. something good or don't do this. And that's more that's more of a transactional approach than relational approach. John, how about you?
1: Uh, very similar in some ways uh, was – Nominally attending church throughout childhood, but was not in church. It wasn't a focal part of my life, my family's life. It was just, you know, what we did because it was Sunday. Um, And then about halfway through childhood, Sundays became fun days and church became optional and staying home sounded like a whole lot more fun. So that was life uh, pretty much all the way through college. And then it was one of those defining adult life moments um, that suddenly made Jesus very, very real and very, very necessary for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, that, that was the beginning of a life that I never recognized that was available and that I never thought, frankly, that I wanted, but I wouldn't trade for anything now.
2: I love how you say that defining adult moment. Uh, I think we all have those moments where we can look back and we, we may not recognize them in the moment. We can look back and go, God really used this moment. Sometimes that moment is beautiful. Sometimes that moment, at least from our perspective at the time, is, is very ugly. But yet God doesn't waste any of that to, to grow us if we allow and lean in. And in many ways, certainly as I know, a deeper part of your story than maybe our listeners know, it, it was something that God uses and began in many ways to prepare. I think we look at Scripture, the Old Testament. Abraham didn't get to the point where he was really like, hey, let me sacrifice Isaac willingly. It didn't just happen in a vacuum. There was a lot of faith growth that brought him to that. And that's true, I think, for all of us, and especially what we're going to talk about today in the faith that you both have in the midst of something that you deeply want from God, but God has not said yes to yet, Mm -hmm. right? So how did the two of you want to meet? You, You got married about 11 years ago. You're a couple, right? And then... What happened then? You know, you get married, you have goals, you have whatever it might be. Children was obviously uh, something that uh, was there, and it hasn't happened yet. Talk about that, if you would.
3: Yeah.
1: So the uh, the defining life event for me where Jesus became real was the end of my first marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Brooke actually had a similar experience with her first marriage. And so we found ourselves after that, um, and we found each other after that and we sort of felt like we were behind ah, now okay. you know the the life plan that you have for yourself we now felt like you know we're starting over and and so we are we're behind the curve we got to we got to hurry up and so you know new marriage young marriage you feel like we got some time you know kids can come a little bit later let's give ourselves time to be married and we were feeling like you know we're in our late 20s early 30s like we got to get this this family show on the road and so we were just we were open to the possibility of kids as soon as we got married Mm -hmm. and it took about a year and and there was nothing happening and so you know people give you lots of different advice people always have advice on this topic (laughs) Um, and sometimes very helpfully and sometimes less so Um, yeah but about that first about the end of that first year we got pregnant Mm -hmm. and thought like all right everything's everything's coming together Um, and then unfortunately we we lost that child Uh, we had a miscarriage and that was really just the beginning of what has turned out to be a rather lengthy adventure um, and a rather lengthy and, and pain-filled but also hope-filled journey over the last decade.
2: So, Brooke, in the name of your consulting company is Blueprint mm-hmm. Mental Health right? Coaching. I find it interesting that John just said plan. Mm -hmm. We often have plans. Another term for plan is blueprint, right? But discovering that sort of contradiction many times between what we knowingly or unknowingly have as our own personal plans, and then the God who loves us more than we can ever imagine by giving us Jesus, his plan's not really lining up in, in that way. So I think for many listeners who themselves have walked through infertility, have walked through a miscarriage. Or have – I don't know anyone personally who doesn't know someone close who's been through that, whether it's a family member or a close friend. What did that look like for for you and for John over the next several years as you began to walk this journey like we were able to get pregnant uh, and then now the baby's with Jesus mm-hmm. and so – now we're not as much. Uh, I don't know if I'm asking the question well, but hopefully you understand where I'm going. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you you think, like John said, you get married, you have kids, and everything goes according to plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and that obviously was not the case for us. And so, yeah, th- I mean, experiencing a miscarriage is um, – I mean, anybody who has experienced that, I I – my heart goes out to you and I know you know what that feels like. And anybody who hasn't, it's really hard to explain to someone what that's like, that kind of a loss. Um, But then it, you know, only because God is God, he can use anything and turn anything into promises and fulfillment and redemption and making all things new. And there were so many times that I would, you know, go to him in prayer and in conversation with him and ask like, you know, what was, what was the point of that? What was the purpose of that? And now nothing. And I do not ever want a miscarriage again, but also nothing happening is its own unique difficulty as well. And every time he has said, I have a plan, I know what I'm doing. You just stick with me. Mm. And at first it was really comforting. And then it got really annoying to be honest um, because it started to feel mean. quite sure. Honestly, if this if you have a plan, then what is it? Why aren't you letting me in on it? Why aren't you doing it faster? Or you know whatever the things are that we want. Um. But it then, it, you know, after a long time and lots of ups and downs, it did come back around to feeling comforting and reassuring that he says. I have a plan. I know what I'm doing because honestly, if, if God had followed the plan that I wanted at various times in my life, I, it really would not have gone well. And mm-hmm. so I have learned over the years to, to actually trust what yeah. it is that he's up to.
2: I appreciate you actually being pretty honest, uh, and and I know you well enough. You're probably even backing off a little bit of that, absolutely. Um, But you're highlighting this tension of what it looks like to trust God. Mm -hmm. It's not easy all the time, and it's it's good for us all to just confess that reality, John. For you, what are some of the tensions in your life as you were experiencing this through of what God was saying and what even began to God began to call you towards. Um, and your situation at the time. Because I don't imagine at any point in this journey, when it first started, you thought, hey, maybe God would have me on the radio or podcast encouraging other people. <laughs> right. No one signs up for that. No, not at all. No, and, and it's there's been so much about this journey that's
1: that's been unexpected, both the good and the bad, um, just how difficult, how painful, how excruciating this was um, for both of us together but also for both of us separately because we've definitely experienced this journey in different ways. And that's been true of anybody that we've been talked to who's had a similar journey. Yeah, It it affects both of you, but it affects you differently. Mm Um, you know, this has been, man, I just blanked on the number. That's how long it's been. It's, it's been almost 12 years Mm. for us and there's no bow on this story yet. Mm -hmm. Um, we're, we're still very much in the waiting. And so in the midst of that waiting, you start to discover the things that you really believe about God. Mm. you start to discover the things that you really believe about how life is supposed to work. Um, You know, you had mentioned transactional earlier as how sometimes we relate to God knowingly or unknowingly. There's been so much in the last dozen years that has surfaced just how transactional I can be with God. God, look at the things that I've done for you. Look at the things that I've been obedient in that you've asked me to do. Where's my reward? Where, where's the promise fulfilled? Yeah. Um, Just things that get, things that get to come to the surface that don't come to the surface any other way and things that you start to discover about yourself that you realize, ugh, I (laughs) I didn't know that was in there. Um, And you kind of end up being grateful. You know, Much as with the ending of our first marriages, I think there's so much of each of these painful moments that you'd never wish on another person, Mm -hmm. but that we wouldn't trade who it's allowed us to become. Um, what it's allowed us to discover about ourselves, what it's allowed us to discover about who God really is, in the best possible way. Yeah. Um, that again, it it couldn't have happened. It couldn't have been discovered other than through this sort of difficult road.
2: I think there's a lot of people that might hear that and say, "I totally agree with that. I would love to have become the person that I am without the difficulties, for sure. But if the only way it is, I I don't want to trade the difficulties." But that's sort of looking back, hindsight, in the middle of it, that's a lot to grasp. And and John, you mentioned it, and I'll go to you, Brooke. You know, when John mentions lots of people, when they um, find out you're on a journey of some type, whether it's a health journey, infertility journey, job journey, well-meaning and sometimes not super effective, but also as we understand how God made the body, how God made the church to come around, could you maybe highlight some of the ways that God's love and hope? began even in the midst of this sort of be reflected through other people and how that encouraged you helped you and, and now as you're encouraging and helping others in this moment
3: sure yeah oh my goodness yeah so many people have you know said really encouraging things but um sometimes like you said well-intentioned words kind of land Depending on, and it's has nothing to do with the person delivering the words. They sure. absolutely are coming from a, a place of love and encouragement and they just want the best for you. But depending on where I was at the time, where it landed could be anywhere from I kind of want to cause you some physical harm <laughs> um, to it, it felt like razor blades to my heart. I, I mean, it, it was just, it was difficult at times to hear different things from different people. But then there were times, I mean, when you read that scripture at the beginning, I, I had to get it together because a, a wonderful friend of mine actually took that scripture and wrote a song for uh, me Yeah, from Hannah's prayer, which I mean, I can't trade that for anything. It was amazing. But really the most helpful thing were the friends who just stuck with us and said, However long this takes, in whatever way you need us, we are here. And oftentimes that was quite literally just sitting next to me without saying anything and just being in that painful space with me.
2: Mm, Thanks for the encouragement of that, by the way, because I think um, when there are uncomfortable moments, whether we're going through them personally or we know other people, we seek to find the way to get out of the discomfort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as individuals, if we're connected to other people's lives who are going through it, we, we want to say something to fix it. We want to whatever it might be. Sometimes because we want that for them, sometimes we want it for us, yeah. uh, whatever yeah. it might oh, be. Yeah. But that this moment of saying that showing up and being there mm-hmm. in, in many ways is the most important thing you can mm-hmm. do. And then, of course, always if God says to say something, we listen yeah. to his voice and we say something. But as you've sort of walked through this, you've already alluded to it, both of you, about how God has used this process to sort of change you, to transform you into who you are today and who he's never done with us, right? Who he Mm -hmm. wants all of us to become, who he wants you to become. What are some of the things that for you, maybe if you had to make a list and you were like, "Ah, it's hard to put some things at the top of the list, Mm -hmm. but the things that come to your mind maybe sooner rather than later later? That you've learned about yourself, but also God through this ongoing experience. Because, John, as you mentioned, there's no bow on this story. And right. and we, as people who listen on the radio, who go to church, whatever, we love stories with bows. Oh, yeah, We love to hear <laughs> and happily ever after. Absolutely. You know, an author I once read said between once upon a time and happily ever after, that's now. Mm-hmm. Right? And we don't like the now. We yeah. want the happily ever after. Yeah. Um, so two things
1: come to mind. One, and I alluded to it earlier, just... I I couldn't have come to know God in the way that I now know him unless I'd really had to learn to trust him Mm -hmm. in something like this, something that has clearly become so beyond my ability to control. Because again, we've, we've tried everything. We've we've tried all the natural things. We've tried all the medical things and it just, nothing works. And the doctors keep saying, we don't know why there, there's no reason why you shouldn't be getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. And and so what do you do in the face of that? You know, you, you either come closer or you run away. And we've tried both. <laughs> and Absolutely, and in yeah. the coming closer, um I've just I've discovered a god that I didn't know existed. Um but there was also, I think, something that began to be cultivated in me, especially in the area of empathy.
3: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: both of us would say about the other that we were already pretty <laughs> empathetic people. Um but going through something like this we have such compassion for people that are going through any sort of waiting, Mm -hmm. whether it's the waiting to be married, the waiting to have a child, the waiting to find that dream job, the waiting for reconciliation in a family, whatever the waiting is, you know, there's people that we've met who are in their, you know, their second month of waiting, their sixth month of waiting, their first year of waiting. And people might think there'd be a temptation on our part to go, well, you don't know anything about waiting, you know, 12 years. But honestly, I just, we have, we have such a heart for people that, are waiting. And again, you, you can't cultivate that until you walk through it.
2: How much you broke?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely had the, didn't know it, but had the transactional relationship with God. And I thought, well, if I do all the right things, then I'll get my reward, yeah. which is children. No, that's not, that's not how God, that works in the kingdom. <laughs> um, but I think the biggest thing for me, and it has been relatively recent that this has happened for me, probably within the last three or four years, that I had to come to a point where I, I had to trust God at his word because what he says is true. And I had to trust him more than the circumstances and the situations that I see playing out in my life because my perception of my circumstances can be very, very skewed. And I had to come to a point where I said, I trust you more, God, than what I see around me. And that was a very long and difficult journey. And it sounds real easy to say it now, but it it took quite a lot of heartache and all kinds of other really good and really difficult things. But I'm, I'm glad that that's where I am yeah. right now.
2: <laughs> and you've already been doing this. Uh, it's just the nature of who both of you are throughout our whole time together. But one of the things we often like to do as we find our way near the end of the show is just take a moment because we know there are people out there who are listening right now or people um, who are going through what you've went mm-hmm. through or people who know someone and they're going to take this podcast and they're going to hand it to someone and say, hey, you should listen sure. to this. Would you take a moment to encourage someone Right now, Who may be going through their own period of waiting, whether it's uh, infertility or whether it's something else where God said to wait, of what it looks like for them to trust and to persevere in the midst of it?
3: Um, this one was really hard for me when people would say it, and it wasn't until I came around to my own experience with God that it finally rang true. But there is nothing wasted in the mm-hmm. waiting. Mm-hmm. There is no... There's no. This is the point that I have to get to at the end, and I just need to hurry up and get there. There, that is that doesn't exist in yeah. relationship with God. So, it's difficult to stay present in the waiting when you just want to get there, wherever there is. Yeah. But stay present as as much as you can in the waiting.
2: John, anything like that?
1: Yeah. I I think one of the biggest ones is don't minimize the difficulty. This is hard. However long it's been and whatever the topic is, this is hard it's not supposed to be easy and you're not supposed to just glide through it and so honoring the difficulty i feel like whether it's in your own life or in the lives of the people that that you're you're connected to um it's supposed to be hard and it's allowed to be hard
3: and you're allowed to not like that it's hard yeah
1: yeah
2: <laughs> yeah yeah Well, uh, just personally, thank you for being willing to share your story. We've had conversations over the years where I always feel like I grow in our conversations, and I know our listeners are going to grow from this conversation. So if you've been hearing something and you're like, that really resonates with me, and you'd like to follow up maybe personally uh, with either John or Brooke, there's several ways you can do it. The first is maybe you just need some help walking through this process. Uh, Brooke has a, a wonderful ministry Blueprint Mental Health Coaching. You can find out about that at Blueprint mhc.com blueprint you can go there you can find out a way how to connect with Brooke and she will walk you through so many things uh, because God doesn't waste it even bringing out a mental health coaching program from what she's been through and that's mm-hmm. so good about God in that way if you want to talk to John personally uh, you can call him at the church 703-729-3900 it's the same number that I give at the end of the show if you want to talk to me so it's a twofer if you want <laughs> uh, in that way or you can email him at jackerman at dot org. That's Jay Ackerman at CFCWire.org. And of course, if there's something you heard today that you would like to talk to us at WAVA about, you can send an email to comment at wava.com, and we will get back to you as soon as we absolutely can on that. So again, Brooke, John, it's been my pleasure to have you here, and thank you again for reminding people the power of Jesus and what He can do in our lives, even in the midst of the difficulty. Because it is, as we say at the end of every show, it's the gospel. That makes a way.
0: It's the gospel, the
1: gospel that makes a way.
0: Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington DC metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of good news for the city, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ.